Ready to talk some Florida State football? Well, it's really a good time to do it because Florida State just had a wonderful win over Virginia Tech. So let's go. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everyone. This is Brian Smith. One day after Florida State's dominant win over Virginia Tech, just kind of wanted to highlight some of the things that are going on with Florida State's victory, how it happened, what I liked, what I didn't, as I usually do. I've got several stats here that I want to discuss. Uh, talking about Florida State's run game, I complained quite a bit about that as, as of late, and I knew the injuries were part of it up front. But boy, did the Knowles come out and get after it. Um, just first off, before I, I go into anything else, just tip of the cap. You don't go from where they were. They had uh, the prior two games, 34 carries for exactly 150. That's under three yards a tote. Yesterday, I mean, Benson didn't have one, but two long touchdown runs. Just by himself, he kind of like alleviated any of that problem. So we'll get into some of that, some of the talk about Florida State's passing game expanding, some of the things that we had discussed and other people, quite frankly, in the Florida State community about spreading the football around. The Knowles did that. The defense came out locked from the get-go. Uh, they were up 22 to nothing after the first quarter, kind of set the tone. Things got sloppy for part of the game, which is typical against an opponent you should beat. But honestly, I was pretty happy with it overall because I think Florida State is a team that when they want to turn it on, they proved once again, man, they are. They are lights out in short spurts, and you can knock a team out that way. So with that being stated, um, we'll get into several different things, and I, I'm going to check on the a AP poll here in just a minute, too. Uh, I'm sure that Florida State is number four, number five again, but I'm just curious, talk a little bit about that, because Lord only knows. I'll get into a little more beyond Florida State here in a bit. College football is topsy-turvy this year. It's about as much as it's been since 2007, and that year was crazy, crazy. But it's really wild, and Florida State is ahead of the fray. So let's let's talk about that here in a minute, too. Uh, real quick, shout out to Athletic Brewing, today's sponsor. Go to athleticbrewing.com and enter code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order or find a store near you. Athletic Brewing, Milford, Connecticut, in San Diego, California, near beer. All right, Florida State, I mean – what, what do you say about 22 to nothing after one quarter? Let's start there. Let's just kind of go chronologically, if you will. The way the game started, and I kind of pull up a few extra stats here besides the ones I've written down. The way the game started, like there was just an extra gear. I don't know if it's because of the, the week. I don't know what it was, but like they had a fire in the belly. Hats off to everybody involved with it because it was noticeable in all three phases in quarter one. Uh, for the game, Jordan Travis was 18 to 24 for 170 yards and two scores. You, you think, well, that's not that great. Well, actually, it's great news that he didn't throw for 200. The reason, or, or 300, he didn't have to. And that start is a big part of it. Florida State's offensive line beat the bejesus out of Virginia Tech's front, especially in that first quarter. Here are the running back stats overall, and some of these are just ridiculous. Benson, again, he had two long runs. 
11 carries for 200 yards, 18.2, and two scores, along of 85. When you have like a 60, I think it was 64 yard run was the other one, and it's not your long, that is a career day and tremendous job overall. Again, Benson, then you had Tofili, six carries for 50. You had uh, Jordan Travis, 10 for 25, sacks count. Rodney Hill, six for 13, and team three for minus six. Those, uh, you know, like kneel downs, et cetera. I don't think Florida State expected to run the ball that well, but obviously it was an emphasis. Getting guys back rested, getting guys healthy, and just getting after it, I'm guessing at some point in the last week or so, probably did it in. And as I noted last week going into the game, Virginia Tech's run defense may have been a little bit inflated. Teams can throw it on them, et cetera. So we didn't know exactly what they were. And Florida State just took it on themselves. They didn't care what the jersey color was, what the helmet said. We're going to run the football at you. They ran some pretty basic plays. And honestly, I don't think that you can really fault for just the execution. Just where they didn't have to get that creative. Sometimes people bitch about run games, doesn't matter which level, being really generic. It's okay if you just kick the crap out of the guys in front of you. And Florida State did that. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, the last time I saw a switch at any level, quite like this one, and I, and I just don't recall. Because, again, less than three yards a carry to your lead running back averaging 18.2 yards a carry in a matter of two weeks with a bye in between. The bye helped, I'm sure. But, I mean, it's insane. They couldn't hardly get Benson or anybody any room against Clemson. And I know Clemson's a different animal, but – like they just completely stoned Florida State up front. The uh, Knowles with the sacks and everything were at 22 yards, and I think like 39 with sack adjusted yardage against Clemson. They just ran outside zone, a little guard tackle pull, things of that nature. They didn't do anything special that Virginia Tech hadn't seen. So that that's first thing, the energy in the running game. Number two, uh, with the stats and everything, there was balance. One of the other complaints I talked about was getting slots, tight ends, and even you know, continue to use the running backs. Here's a great stat for you. In the pass game, the Knowles threw passes that were completed to a running back or a tight end for a total of 10. If Florida State can be that diverse and not have to rely on Keon and John, I mean, Johnny caught two touchdowns, but you know, they were they were good passes, they were good choices. If they don't have to rely on those two, that's huge. You're going to get into a situation if they don't have to rely on them where they can find out a different way to beat you anytime they want. Cause they've got enough talent to do it, to adjust it game to game, even like in a playoff scenario, like more like I had four catches and it's pretty easy. If you think about it to just game plan that way, but sometimes players revert to the mean, meaning in a clutch situation, you're going to look for your guy. And I'm cool with that. I get why Jordan would look for Keon or Johnny because they've been clutched for a long time. They're NFL, future NFL players, excuse me. I don't think that there's any way you're going to see Florida State completely go away from using them in big spots, which they shouldn't. But now that they're starting to show more balance, teams are going to have to game plan for that at least a little bit more. The more opportunities for the running backs like Hill, et cetera, not to have a loaded box, 
and also Keon and Johnny not always having one or the other getting a safety shaded to them and or just straight up double coverage makes it easier for Jordan Travis. Morlock, uh, Markston, all those guys that get the ball. Tofili's a really good pass catcher, et cetera. That changes your offense, even if it's just 50 to 75 yards in a game. It's a little better than that with this contest. But teams, especially in the red zone, they got, they're guessing. That's when defense coordinators have to take a lot of chances because they don't – I mean, Florida State outmatches most of the teams of the AC by a mile, ACC by a mile anyway. But now, if they can do this another game, like they got Syracuse coming up who just got bludgeoned, by the way. I don't know what happened. They went down to Chapel Hill. I think it was 40-7. to seven. They got crushed. Teams are not going to be able to do as much schematically. And if you're just playing cover four, cover three, cover two, Florida State's run game will eat you alive. It'll be second down and five all day, and that's when Jordan Travis is going to have a field day just throwing it, let alone the RPO game, let alone his own legs, let alone just continuing to hand it off, what whatever he wants. That'll be a nightmare. I think Florida State will do very, very well. Um, let's talk about the Syracuse thing for a second. It'll be a second straight opportunity based off that game. I did not expect Carolina. Their defense is so Jekyll and Hyde. You don't know what you're going to get. Seven points, if I remember right, that's not very good. Will Florida State, for a second straight week, be up? Mentally, that's easier said than done. And after the way they came out in the first quarter, I mean, you're not going to play much better than 22 to nothing. And no offense to Virginia Tech. It's obviously not a great opponent, but they got some individual talent, which showed later in the game. If you can do that again, maybe not 22 to nothing, but like get up 10 nothing or whatever, get Syracuse 14 nothing. That kind of gear, that mentality, that means things are clicking in practice. It's a good sign for Knowles fans, Knowles players, Knowles everything. Florida State needs the ability to hit big plays and do so in a manner that's, well, let's just say it's pretty straightforward. They have to be able to hit the home runs, but these four and five yard runs that kind of set up everything, that was the greatest part of it. I know it's boring in some, in some takes and you don't see that as a lead in on sports center, right? That's cool. But how you get those big plays to Johnny and to Keon Marcus and Douglas, whoever it is, Benson, even off tackle or whatever, that long run, that play, I called that play in the middle of the play. and It was a terrible angle to do it, but the linebacker shot underneath. And I said, oh, bad run gap fit. And I knew unless he slipped or somebody had randomly just moved the house, oh, that's touchdown because that's the guy that was supposed to tackle it. They started getting risky, taking dumb chances. That's what happens when you execute consistently early. And then he hit that 85 yarder. The linebacker just like, screw it. I'm going to try to hit the, and he just, he didn't come close. He shot the wrong gap or whatever. Something was screwed up because there was nobody on the outside. And obviously the band was playing after that. And Trey Benson just had himself a day. Again, 11 carries, 200 yards, 18.2 yards per toe. It just doesn't get any better than that. So hats off to him, man. Uh, yeah. Steven. Cordell, he, he just brought up in the chat how the slot guys aren't getting used. Destin Hill had one catch. It was for 30 yards, but they really aren't. Um, I don't know what the reasoning is for that without diving back into the film, but it's hard to bitch when you're up 22 to nothing in a game. 
I, I get what Stephen's saying, and it's totally cool, but I, I don't know if there's an injury or there's a like they tried to get the ball to Winston. I thought that was pass interference on that deep ball, but whatever. Um, it's funny to me that so many people assume Florida State's just going to do one thing or another. This is such a balanced group of pass catchers and runners, tight ends included, running backs in the passing game included, that it can be any one group in a game. And it's ironic, like Stephen mentioned, hey, they're not throwing the ball to the slots. They're not. They're just not. And when they do, it just hasn't been successful very often. But that doesn't mean in the next game against Syracuse or Duke or whatever, slots don't get six or seven balls their way. It's about matchups. For example, Duke's outside guys are pretty damn good that corner. They're pretty good players, and they got one of the better defenses in the ACC in the country. Uh, their inside defensive tackles are humongous. They're seniors. Florida State's going to have to be creative. With that, screens, draws, quarterback runs, which I know is scary with Jordan Travis because you, you don't want to run him that much. That might be a game he has to. And then, of course, the slot position. That's definitely something to think about. Florida State needs, for lack of a better term, they need the ability to hit some plays with that and, and make it a little bit better. Um, I don't think mm, I don't think it's a guarantee. I wish it was because I, I think it's an easy way to do it. But at the same time, it, it's pretty easy. Let me, let me see if I can find the poll speaking of playing well. Um, I, I just find it very odd that they haven't done it more. Uh, Florida State moved up to number four. Ohio State's third, one's Georgia, two's Michigan. Not exactly shocking, but by the way, hats off to Oklahoma. I'll talk a little bit nationally here in a minute. But Oklahoma could sneak in the playoff. They, they've got about the easiest path of anybody. Oklahoma is like, I mean, it hats off to them. They beat Texas, great come from behind win, all that stuff. The Big 12 is terrible. If you think the ACC is bad, they, shoot. ACC is light years ahead of the Big 12 right now because they got two at the top, and it's brutal. Uh, Kansas State has some moments, but they're not great. They're probably the third best team in that league. I don't know. Anyway, um, let's let's talk a little bit about the comparisons. Obviously, Notre Dame completely laid an egg. I have no idea what the hell that was with Miami last night. I mean, I've watched that play over and like the scenario. I've watched the press conference with Mario. That's one of the worst disasters I've ever seen. I feel bad for the kids that didn't do anything wrong for them, you know, just in, in general. But that's a coaching disaster. That's 100% on the coaches. Um, and then there were a couple others. Like USC went to the wire with freaking Arizona. It went to overtime. And early in the game, USC was down 17-7 to to the Arizona Wildcats. There is just nothing safe in any game. And again, like Miami getting beat in any fashion or even being close to Georgia Tech, I think they were a 20-point favorite right around there. Vegas doesn't miss by a ton very often. So for Vegas to miss by over 20 points tells you just how crappy Miami played. But there, yesterday was an example of, of all the major teams that had a lesser opponent in the top 10, 12, 15. The Knowles were the most consistent. And I know that I'll talk a little bit about here in just a second. They did get lackadaisical for a while. It's not like second, third quarters. There was some iffiness, the kick return, all that. I'll talk about it. I got some notes on that. 
But name another team that came out the way Florida State did in comparison with like Ohio State was garbage in the first quarter. They were down 10 to nothing to freaking Maryland. Maryland hadn't played nobody, and I know they got a quarterback. Um, Tonga Bailoa is a good player, but he still makes stupid, stupid errors sometimes. I think he's got more physical traits than his brother that's playing for the Dolphins, but Ohio State wasn't very good. Uh, and then they kick it in gear because they can throw it to Marvin Harrison. The only team slowed him down at all has been Notre Dame, and they got two corners that are going to play in the NFL. Not many teams have that. And I think Florida State's secondary is trending in the right direction too. So I think Florida State and Ohio State would be one heck of a game. I also think that we're we're looking at USC's a fraud. Win or lose, they play at Notre Dame next week. I have no idea what's going to happen to that, but one of them has to lose. And – wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame came back and won just because this has been such a goofy year. After what I've seen, I would still take USC by 10 plus in that game right now, even though it's a South Bend, which is rare for them to win by double digits there. But Notre Dame has no receivers that, that are really that great. And two or three of them are hurt. They're in a bad spot. And Estime is not healthy. But if USC loses that game, that's one less opponent because Notre Dame's got two losses now. I lost Ohio State too. That's one less opponent, I think, that could really challenge Florida State to get into the playoff. Let's say Florida State has a loss of some com- some compatibility with USC. I just don't think USC is just not impressive. Florida State beat LSU and they beat Clemson on the road. That'd be one less team they have to battle with. Penn State's the other one. Need to see them play Ohio State and need to see them play Michigan. Their schedule, Big Ten's not that great at the top. A lot of teams in the middle that are in that six and six to eight and Eight and four range. I don't have, you know, like Iowa has a chance to go 10 and two this year. And they're one of the worst offenses in the country. It's bizarre, but whatever. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, Robbie Pepper says, if we stay healthy, we have a good chance to win it all. Hope Johnny is okay. I haven't heard anything on that. I, I kind of leave that stuff alone for a few days usually unless I know something concrete. And even then I don't really like to announce stuff. I have no idea. Um, I haven't even looked into it yet. You just never know with injuries. Uh, Sometimes kids walk off the field after a game. They say they're okay. They sleep and they get up in their ankles big or their thighs big. Like it swells overnight or something else is ailing them, whatever it may be. I'm not speculating on any of that stuff, but we'll kind of get into that. This coming week, maybe Wednesday, Thursday, we'll know something more. Far as where Florida State sits right now, and this this is most important to me. You've obviously cured your running back ills, or your running game, I should say, not running back. They had plenty of talent there. The running game's meshing better between the running backs, the tight ends, and the offense. Everybody blocking. And Florida State's receivers, shout out to them. They block pretty well, and they won't play them. I, I appreciate Norvell with that and his staff. Don't block, get off my football field. But they still did a few things that are just goofy. You just got to get these out of the way. What have I said in almost every preview, and probably anybody that does any form of a Florida State preview this year? Contain the quarterback. Keep him in the pocket. Don't let him be a runner. Make him a passer. Everybody's saying the same things. I know I'm not any sort of one of a kind. And in the first quarter, for the most part, Kyron Jones didn't have a chance. Florida State corralled him, forced him to be a pocket guy. He's not very good at it. He's not, he's not experienced enough yet. Making reads after the snap with guys in your face that really don't like you is not an easy endeavor. He's not experienced enough at it yet. Inverse had a couple sacks, et cetera. 
But when he got loose, he had a 40-yard run, etc. I think he had like 80 yards. Let me see what he, what did he have. But they they just Florida State's run defense yesterday was after the first quarter was terrible. It was a bizarre game. Drones had 14 carries for 80. Malachi Thomas, 10 carries for 58. Bryce Duke, two for 39. Tootin, the kid that returned the kickoff for a touchdown, had eight for 29. That's okay, but one of them was a score. Florida State gave up 35 carries for 209 yards, six yards a carry, and a score, including the 40-yarder to Drones. That's an atrocity. Any kind of similar effort at a ACC title game, whether it's Carolina, whether it's Miami, whether it's Duke, I have no idea who it's going to be at this point. I thought it was going to be Miami for a while, but after last night, Miami might be a four-loss. I have no idea what to think of them. It, it is weird. And, of course, the quarterback at Duke, unfortunately, I hope he's back soon. He's got a high ankle sprain. <coughs> Excuse me. They're not beating Florida State without him, and they could be in deep, deep trouble pretty quick if he's not able to return to the lineup. You, you just don't know what ankles, man. They take they take a, a lot of time. And Riley Leonard's a big kid. He's 6'4", 215. That's hard. But the ACC is Florida State's for the taking in the regular season. They've got nobody to compete against. I know they're playing teams, but themselves, because they got the undefeated record and Clemson's not involved and Miami's reeling. Carolina still has to prove it to me, but they play Miami this next weekend. We'll know more about Carolina because Miami's going to come out. If I had to guess and throw the kitchen sink at them, they have nothing to lose because everybody's making fun of them, quite, quite honestly. More specifically, Cristobal and, hey, man, as he said in his press conference, we should have taken a knee. Yeah, you should have. But they're going to come out firing. We'll see if Carolina's defense is real or Syracuse has really regressed that much. It might be because, man, North Carolina's defense, I just, I'm not buying North Carolina's defense. I'm sorry. I'm not. Uh, D-line has to get off blocks better. Hey, man, Cool Breeze says D-line has to get off blocks better. As the game, was it just me or, you know, anybody wants to add this in the chat? Is it just me? Or did Florida State just kind of lay an egg? At least a little bit when it came to the run game after they got a lead. And that, I mean, and also I'll talk again, I've touched on it, but I, I want to bring it back up in a second. You can never give up kickoff returns for a touchdown. man. Come on, man. With Florida State speed and athleticism, that's all mental. It was not a physical issue on that play. That's all mental. I don't, I'm, and I'm talking coaches and players. I mean, something was off there. I have no idea if it's communication, whatever, but something didn't get, didn't get right. And Tootin took it to the house. Good for him. But if that play doesn't happen, Florida State wins by 25, probably. That, get, that play shifted the momentum and all kinds of crap. That just bad, 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 bad. Um, here's just for fun. Let's get a few other stats out of the way. And this one, this one's the one off. As much as everything, I've, I've said this several times on the show. I have two main complaints about games, especially when you're playing mobile quarterbacks. Don't hit them late. Don't even come close to hitting them on the sidelines or anything like that. They get protected. And the other thing is when a scrambling quarterback is getting close to the line of scrimmage and you're closing in on them, do not go for the fake. If he throws it over you, so be it. Tackle the football player inbounds, not next to the edge. No chance of a penalty and he doesn't fake you out and get an easy first down. Those are my two main complaints. Well, this stat right here goes into one of them, depending how you look at it, too. 12 penalties for 99 yards 
Once again, kickoff return for a 99-yard touchdown. That's garbage. Any coach will tell you that. 12 penalties means you're not mentally focused. That's horrendous. And finally, with that, it kind of allowed Virginia Tech to hang around. I talked about that a little bit going into the week. Drones is good enough if you screw around constantly letting go out of the pocket, he'll beat you in a lot of situations. He's a really good athlete. Florida State was so focused early on, that kid didn't have a freaking chance. Good for Florida State. They did what they were supposed to do. They had more talent. They had more numbers. They were schemed well, and they executed. Across the board, they kicked butt. That's good news. Here's bad news. Suddenly, that kind of went away. Again, they averaged six yards of carry, and Drones had the 40-yard run. That can't happen, man. I mean, like, Jaden Daniels at LSU, in my opinion, is the best mobile, pure mobile quarterback, even more than Caleb Williams. And the reason I say that is Caleb, if he wanted to, and he is a freak athlete, he's good enough to play receiver, literally. He never has to leave the pocket to kick your rear end. Jaden doesn't very often. But it's still his bread and butter. Like Jaden is a runner. I'll take over any other quarterback in the country. He's just slippery as all get out. Florida State went against him, and they've done better than most teams. And they also did better against him than they did some other guys that aren't as talented. That's mental focus. And it's not like they don't basically have a similar game plan defensively for these mobile court. They play one almost every single week. At some point, one of these mobile quarterbacks is going to get an L for Florida State. They keep screwing around. And for those of you saying, oh, Florida State will be okay, look at all the upsets and the goofiness in college football. Again, USC almost lost to Arizona last night. They are conservatively, conservatively 20 points better than Arizona, probably 25 to 28. You don't take teams seriously Bad things happen. In college especially, things can emotionally snowball. The NFL, it's not as likely. Those are pros. There's a reason. It is what it is. Here's my question for those of you listening. If you want to comment in the chat, go ahead. Which do you think is more important, and and both are, but which would you rank number one compared to number two between these two categories? Eh, Let's go three. Florida State continuing to take care of the football. They did a really good job of that. Turnovers are always huge. Containing the quarterback, obviously that needs to improve significantly. And then third, Florida State balancing out their offense with that final piece, that final piece. Finding the slots and the other receivers not named Keon and not named Johnny. So turnovers, I think most of you will pick. The second part, I'm not sure which one you'll go with. That's a tough one. If you want to rank all three, however you want to do it, feel free. If you want to email me or whatever, that's fine too. But I think that Florida State, like the the kickoff thing, I have a pretty good feeling that'll get taken care of. The slot issue, that's been going on for a while. And that's just another reason, and I keep bringing up the polls, it's important. We're to the middle of the season now. We're getting close to when the real poll comes. Obviously, the AP poll doesn't mean did we. It's all we got right now. Uh, What is it, the first week of November, last weekend of October? The college football playoff poll comes out, and they can say whatever they want. This poll is all they have to look at right now, too, besides the coach buying. There's a couple others. I would go with 
turnovers is always kind of number one. Like Louisville beat the crap out of Notre Dame last night. Notre Dame had five turnovers. You're not beating anybody if you have five turnovers. Miami had four or five last night. You're not beating anybody. You give teams an opportunity. I mean, Louisville won that game and they threw for 140 yards. I mean, they, they can throw the ball and still won. That's how big in turnovers can be. But looking at the league, like Syracuse couldn't do anything in, in North Carolina Capital. You give Drake May extra possessions? Forget it. You're going to get your butt kicked. Um, oh, Bobby Pepper's quarterback, ball control. Man, there's there's some truth in that, too. Florida State's run game is going to take care of that. I mean, so, oh, slots. Quarterback slots, ball control. They need to consistently find a way to get the ball to the slots again. I, at some point, I think I just think there's going to be a breakout game, Robbie. That's that's my opinion. My opinion. Uh, Keith says, although we are five and zero, oh, it just never feels like it's clicking for long. And Florida State's up and down in games. Again, they start out twenty-two to nothing. It can't get much better than that. There's just not enough time to score a whole lot more than that. But then, if you look at the totals, I mean, in the middle two quarters. Florida State in the second and third quarters was actually outscored. They didn't even score in the second quarter. Virginia Tech won that quarter 10 to nothing. And then Virginia Tech scored seven in the third. Florida State scored 10. So they were down 17 to 10 between those two quarters. They scored the final touchdown in the fourth quarter, and that, and that was it. But anyway, they should have won by 30, and they won by 22. It bugs me when you give up a kickoff return. So it's, that's just me talking a little bit. Um, I'm not really I'm not bitching to the point to say that Florida State had a bad game or anything like that, but they still have things to work on. The penalties, the kickoff return, and the run defense. Uh, that's the first time the run defense has acted like that. So that's why I'm not bitching more, but it is now obviously on the radar. And the way college works and the pro works, everybody talks to each other, has buddies on other staffs. Hey, if you've played Florida State, we just watched Virginia Tech play them. They had success with A, B, and C running plays. What would you add? You played them. What would you add to that to help us try to knock off the number? That's how this stuff works. A phone call, coaches, and then they just watch the film and they insert what they can do based on what they've seen on film. It's pretty straightforward. Florida State had a few different things they struggled with. They had some missed run fits, some missed tackles. They didn't contain drones very consistently. Again, the 40-yard run bothers me. Uh, it's just, they, they just can't have that. And then finally, some of the stuff that he did, he would separate himself from a tackler or defensive line, whatever, and either like get away, throw it away, have a chance when they just didn't get him down fast enough. And maybe I'm being picky, but the difference between winning at the truly elite level is you just get, you get the sacks, you get like if an interception opportunity is there, you don't drop the ball. Don't allow them to get away with a bad play. They missed some, they missed some blocks. Florida State could have had more plays in the backfield, things of that nature. That has to happen, man. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but if you're going to set your standard at national title, even playoff, you get in the playoffs and you miss opportunities to bring guys down in the backfield, that will haunt you. I guarantee it. I don't need to look up any stats because in the playoffs, even think about this. I've mentioned this on the show before. Here recently, Georgia even gave up over 40 in the playoffs. Nobody has more physical talent than Georgia's defense in conjunction with how they've been coached over the last five years. Even Bama, those are, you can kind of flop them. Ohio State has talent, but they scored over 
40. For crying out loud, teams can score. You cannot give them extra plays. I would say that's my biggest concern because the kickoff is not as big a deal. And penalties is more mental. You can work on that as the year goes on. Did somebody figure out something with Florida State's run game? Or was that truly a one-off? I don't know. Um, let's see what we got here. We should have beat Virginia Tech 63-10. to 10. There were so many goofy penalties and missed opportunities. 20 points more to Florida State's scoring conservatively, which would have been, that's 59, is not far off. And the kickoff is the extra seven points you're talking. It's true. You miss opportunities. They add up, man. They add up. We need to get a set starting five on the O-line. While true, Cool Breeze, I just wonder about the health. As I often talk about on this show, one of the biggest problems for Florida State and any other team is the number one category in all of sport, and it generally happens in football and contact sports more. What am I talking about? Injuries. And at the college level, unlike the pro level, there they are at least supposed to give the injury report. And those guys lie too. And for you guys out there that don't think so, trust me, I talked to a lot of coaches. The number of liars in the coaching fraternity is astronomical. Lie, lie, lie. Never believe what coaches say about injuries. Ever. So I'm guessing that some of Florida State's, and it's middle of the year anyway, you're going to have guys banged up. Nobody is 100%. I'm guessing the continuity with the injuries and this and that has made it a little inconsistent. Maybe the Virginia Tech game, though, looking at it from a positive, has Florida State in a scenario where, for lack of a better term, Florida State's ready to take the next step. And if you run the ball like this, the obvious, I'm not even going to go into this with any detail, you run the ball, you have play action opportunities. You have more RPO. It's not rocket science. Think about this. Florida State going into the game had had some problems scoring in certain situations, but they would hit big plays and kind of get to where they needed. They ran the ball yesterday and created some of those big plays. Jordan Travis only throws for 170, but it's because, hey, I can just turn around. Every now and then he took off. Keep it simple, stupid. It's an old phrase. Some of the younger people in the chat may not have heard it before, but it's pretty simple. If you go out and do what you're supposed to and just kind of execute the plays you're really good at, the ones you focus on and practice, it's not that hard. You got more talent. I mean, I'm not picking on BC and Virginia Tech. Is that they should kick their cans all the way down the street. They got more talent. And this coaching staff's been around now. In Tallahassee long enough, it's easy to blend. So let's talk about the last thing here, and then, then I'll wrap it up. You've got Syracuse and Duke. The Duke game is weird because you don't know what Riley Leonard's going to do. And I know you, you publicly, Norvell's not going to talk about that anyway. Come hell or high water, the players have already circled that because they've seen Duke beat Clemson. They should have beat Notre Dame. And they're pretty good. It's a team you play all the time, but this is a different Duke team. They, they got that circled. And they also just saw North Carolina beat the bejesus out of Syracuse, who you play next. My concern is at least early in the game, Florida State doesn't come out hot and heavy, kind of like they just the opposite 
with what they did in this past game. But hey, it is what it is. You got to figure it out. But can they take the Syracuse game and make it a conduit two weeks in a row? At least run the ball well. For the love of God, the 12 penalties. Let's get that down under eight. I mean, I'm not asking for much here. 12 is a very high number. It's actually kind of embarrassing, but it, it is what it is. And then finally, the run defense has to get better after that. I mean, Virginia Tech's got some good players. They're a little underrated. The quarterback's a really good athlete. Not many people know about him. I bet a lot of people do now. Um, there'll be people trying to get him to transfer. I guarantee it. And finally, just some consistency. It's been mentioned in the chat. I've talked about it. Can Florida State, even if they don't start red hot against Syracuse, you don't have to score 22 points. But if you're up 7-3 to three and you're at least showing signs of life throughout the first quarter and you play good for four quarters, you win 28-10, to 10, that's okay. Ball control, consistency, game control, all of those aspects, all of them, should be consistent against a team like Syracuse. Here's a quick note. Schrader, the quarterback's a good player. But I think his name's Gadsden. The tight end, flex tight end kid, from he's from Fort Lauderdale. He's out. And I can't remember the other kid's name. They got another receiver that's pretty good. He's out. And it's not like they have the same, quote-unquote, plethora of skill players the Knowles do. Florida State secondary, um, what was it? This is incredible. Drones only average, this is a great stat, 3.9 yards per passing attempt. That is horrendous. Like, you don't want to be below eight. They were below four. That's half eight. I mean, crying out loud. So they should be able to smother them. And barring them just having mental errors, which that's on the Knowles, not, not Syracuse, no offense to them, they should be up double digits at half. Even if it's just 17 to seven, something like that, they should slowly be able to pull away without a ton of explosives. And the way the running game got going against Virginia Tech, you would think you would get at least one 50-yard run. Maybe it's Tofili this I don't know. But one of those guys pop one. Maybe it's a short screen. Maybe it's Destin Hill. That'd be great. Slot guy. An extra play because they're more balanced. There's no reason they shouldn't. And they should roll that game. Stay in the top four of the polls. Stay at the front in the positive manner with the media, because again, we're only a few weeks away from the real poll coming out and Florida state will be in a better situation. Um, tomorrow as a quick note, I don't know exactly when Monday show will be up. I have an interview set. I'm checking on it to make sure. So I may not have the normal time for the, uh, for the show, but if my interview, and I'm just going to leave it private for now, does happen, it's going to be a really cool interview. Florida State player, blah, blah, blah. That's where I'm going to leave it. But I'm looking forward to that. Um, hopefully doing more of them in the future, do some more recruiting stuff and whatnot. Um, I do want to note uh, one recruiting thing. I traveled a little bit this weekend. Unfortunately, um, didn't get quite as much info as I wanted, but I got some surprising info. A couple of the kids that I know Florida State is after, they're looking around, they were committed elsewhere. I'm going to leave it at that for now to protect their information. But Florida State is in on some other recruits uh, you may or may not know about, etc. But at the same time, it's going to be very interesting. 
finish the recruit. And I don't know good or bad, but Florida state's got a chance to flip some kids. They're in on some kids. The state of Florida never disappoints with entertainment down the stretch. And now we're to the final two months and about a week and a half before signing day. There's going to be some random podcasts <laughs> on locked on similar. I don't know when they're going to be. I don't know which exact players they will be, but there's going to be a couple of kids flip. I see it coming a mile away. So just throwing that out there. But again, I don't think I'm going to have an early Monday morning podcast. It'll be Monday afternoon. Should be back to the early morning slate on Tuesday, barring something unforeseen. But uh, if anybody has any questions or anything about that, feel free. Uh, real quick before I get out, I'll read see what we got here. Uh, well, that's true. He says, it's not like we as fans don't appreciate the growth. Feelings are that those long wolves will really hurt when good teams take advantage of it. 100%. Keith is 100% correct. Jerry, we need to have the SWAT and tight ends to rule the middle. Yeah. Tight ends got the ball more. Uh, Jaheim Bell was the guy they kind of took away, and the other guys got the ball. Four State's got three of them, so you might as well use the darn guys. Uh, nothing wrong with that. So I agree. But uh, with that, um, I'm going to wrap it up again. Monday's show may not be a quote-unquote normal time. But I will, as they say, be back on schedule Tuesday one way or the other. So we'll figure it out from there. But uh, I appreciate everybody coming in. And uh, we'll, I might do some more live chats. I might even do something for the Syracuse game. I might do a live blog chat kind of deal. Next week during the game, maybe the first half, maybe halftime. I've been trying to figure out the best one. I'm not sure. I might do the first half because that that's interesting to me personally. This is a, a fan of football. Are you emotionally charged again against an opponent you should beat? Straightforward. They should beat Syracuse. I mean, they're not that great. They're just they're an okay team. They're not great. So anyway, everybody have a great day. Thank you very much.